Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear. Cool. Uh, yeah, um, <clears throat> hey, everybody. This is Ice House here. And here's our guest. State your name. Patrick Whoa. Adams. Patrick Adams. So today, me, your boy, Ice Guy, or Ice House, or whatever you want to call me, will be talking about the topic of the state of militias with uh, um, Patrick, right? Yep. All right. So um, what is your topics on uh, the current state of militias? Uh, well, currently I believe that there's an issue in leadership, at least from what I've seen in my own militia. Oh, you're in a militia of your own? I was in a militia of my own for a while. Oh. I started off as a lieutenant. Uh, so, uh, would you like to give more info on this militia, or, or do you just... Uh, oh, it's fine if you don't want to give so much uh, about it. I won't give too much about it, but I joined it about... Uh, not too long before the election. <laughs> Which one? I'm not sure if I can oh. uh, promote it here, but I'd say, well, it wants to be promoted, but I'm not sure if you'd want it on here. Um, you don't have to. You don't want to. Yeah, uh, but uh, um, uh, what do you think about militias in general, though? Like, what's been going on lately? Because from what I can tell, uh. Most militias are, you know, not that many in demographs. Like, most of our modern militias came around the 90s that we know now. Oath Keepers, Three Percenters, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think about it? Uh, well, mine, it had a mythology. I'm not, I'm not sure if it was true or not, but they said that ours was formed... Around 1865, and was more of a secret sort of thing. But it only got revived probably recently. It was more of a family thing for the leader of the militia and group, but he spread it on to other people. The newer ones, I'm not sure when they were formed. Lots of them probably came out of the 60s, lots of prominent ones. Hmm. All right, uh, so um, all these like uh, these, um, like um, like these militias that we all know now—they're pretty rampant over the past few years, don't you think? Oh yeah, there's growing political issues, and of course, people would look to militias whenever they have that sort of thing going on. Yeah, like like irregular militias and state militias, like uh. What do you think is like more effective, state militias or irregular militias? Uh, what would you call an irregular militia? Pretty much a, a group of people who form militia outside the state. Mm. So, like outside of the control of the state, or yeah, like something like that. Yeah. Hmm. I think that. The most effective militias would probably be, at least for a time period, within, within the uh, confines of the law and probably across the state. For me, I was given authority over my entire state in regards to the militia I was in. All right. Um, so, uh, like, what was I going to ask? Like, uh, any um, problem with most general militias you see that should be fixed or something? Most militias, mm, they don't have as much of their uh, basis. You could join a militia. The one I was in, it was a political movement. And I'll actually give the acronym for it. It was the CSR. Oh, uh, it was a political movement, but uh, 
you, whenever you would join, it wasn't like they actually had much talk of just the politics. It was more of a military ranking system. So you don't have the ideological or moral basis that you would seek to. Hmm. I see. So it's like, uh, so it's like a pol- more political. So it's like a more militarized. It's more. It's more focused on its militarized. Um, yeah, mil- militarized gestures and political. Yeah. yeah, they don't focus as much on the political aspect as they should, which should be very important considering if you own a militia, you want people to think about in the same ranges ideologically. When I. I- Oh, sorry. Well, when we were doing our militia, the leader, he was a pretty good guy. I got to know him. And uh, he actually wanted me to restore the militia, but that's quite difficult. But the issue between the members was they all had their own opposing sort of political ideologies. The leader, he was a very conservative person. But due to the nature of our group, I would have to say that he wasn't he wasn't a prejudiced sort of person, but there were people who tried to join and he would have to kick them out. But since he was also conservative, he had some boundaries, so he would also have to fight off that end. And it was pretty difficult to draw the line for who is and isn't in the group. Yeah, people will see uh, guys in uniforms and stuff and say, oh, I'm one of them. They actually, they don't really know who you are. I think that's a thing many militias and I guess political movements have to go through. You know, outside agitators doing stuff in their name, especially if they're very, very decentralized and have not, you know, no political figure to say they condone or condemn this. You know what I mean? Yeah, ours was... I'd probably say that ours was fairly decentralized because most of us, we were doing our own thing. We didn't have support from the top. Mm. If you understand what I mean, it means uh, we weren't given much guidance. We were more told, just recruit the people that are around you and your friends so that they can join the militia. We weren't told what to do, if we were supposed to do protests, or anything of that nature. So it became like less of a militia or political, more of a sense of people with guns hanging out with each other. Yeah, it was more of a talk sort of thing. There were ranks. Uh, he would want some people to do things, but overall, the people he asked, they weren't taking much of an initiative and I wasn't much too old to actually get involved with all of the political stuff. I was more of a home front sort of soldier. Oh, I see. I wouldn't say soldier probably. It was just a militia. Yeah. uh, Yeah. You ever seen, uh, what are your thoughts on other militia groups? Like, more famous ones or known ones? Uh, famous ones. I'd have to think. Usually they're pretty, they're about ideologically in the same sort of area. Very radical. You don't see very many central sort of views. Ours wasn't really too radical in the authority scale or the the liberation sort of scale but we were about center right between authoritarian and libertarian oh authoritarian libertarian i see uh um like the other ideologically find, oh sorry the other sort of groups that you find will either be usually the very far authoritarian and uh, supposedly right-wing or third-positionist sort people. And then there's also people like the Black Panthers who would be 
I think they'd consider them probably left wing libertarian. Mm. There are some people on the left wing authoritarian part. Ever heard of Black Hammer? I haven't heard much about them, no. Well, last time I heard of them, they tried to yoke some land in Denver. They didn't really have for much long, but uh, I think that's the thing with most um most uh militia groups or political organizations as a whole. There's some kind of strong man, you know, taking the charge, and and in these political groups, everyone is slightly different in their ideology or just not the same, like uh like how you mentioned yours. Uh huh. That's yeah. That would be true. Because people are individuals, and unless you have a big basis, like, uh, eh, well, actually, it's mostly true across all sorts of groups. Most political groups these days don't have any strong hold over their people. They don't yeah, they, keep their people along with the ideological beliefs. Yeah, and the people tend to flip-flop on their ideology a lot. It's hard to have a specific and straight line ideology if your people will just flip flop on the compass wherever they hit yeah I'd say that too because everybody who is in that militia there wasn't like a central sort of uh, educational system about informing on issues and what our position was so everybody was just finding their own way through it and only staying because there was a light sort of connection. It was a bit of community right there, isn't it? Yeah, you'd say it was a bit of community. And, you know, it was the idea more and the symbolatry and some of what was taught. But there wasn't official positions on everything or most things. And then uh, there's the fear of, you know, the Fed sneaking in. You know what I mean? I get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's hard to do. Uh, it kind of explains a lot why most actual political attacks are, you know, done on the lone wolf mode. Because, uh, you know, Feds could, heck, lone wolves are probably gaslighted by Feds, if you think of that, probably. Uh, yeah, we were a bit worried that feds would be in it or, you know, something like them searching for us or something because we mostly did all this through an Instagram chat. And about the time during the election, we were worried that things were going to go crazy because uh, I think you remember that riot that happened. Yeah. The election riot. So we assume that things could have went much more out of hand. So we were on the defensive position right then. But shortly after that, since nothing really happened, we kind of disbanded. Even yeah. though there are things still online that mention the CSR, such as their YouTube channel and their website, we're not really much of an active group anymore. I see. Some groups just come and go. But, uh, yeah. It's a sad yeah. thing because they really had a good structure there. I mean, they had a website and a YouTube channel before I even joined their uh, group at all. Is it still up or is it gone? The YouTube channel? That's still up. And the website? The website, I think it's also still up. Oh, all right then. Well, uh, yeah. It's I think pretty amazing that the website is still up because I it causes such a pretty big political influence. I think it's actually a group that I got into, and it it wasn't small. I think that their YouTube videos had like thousands of views. That's cool to hear. That's the thing about these militias. They also form a community. Like, there are many ways to form a community, not just politically or location or stuff like that, but through what you have, the will to fight for liberty or whatever your group wants to fight for. Hello?
Back Can here. you hear me? Can you um, hear me? I hear you now. Uh, something happened? No. I was just saying that I agree. I was taking a look over uh, some things, so it might have cut off the mic. Oh, all right. But, uh, yeah, what do you think about it? I think it's really quite something how they can do that. I mean, I didn't really get to see the highest viewed video on their channel, but I think it it was probably over 25,000 views at least. Um, that's cool, but I meant uh, what I just said earlier, or, or didn't you uh, not hear that? I might have been zoned out or something. Oh, what, what, well, uh, I said uh, that... Uh, it's interesting how uh, people with uh, militias can, in a way, form a community within the community. Because communities can't only just be created through politics or geographics or demographics, but through having the will. The will to defend whoever your group is trying to defend or prevent. I agree. Yeah. There is quite an amazing thing that happens when people are united by such a bond, especially when you're in a militia, because I'm not trying to say that they would do anything terrible, but it means that you value your community more than you value yourself if you are in a militia. Yeah, most, most, most militias don't really, well, I wouldn't say most militias don't really do much, it's just... We don't hear really much about them nowadays unless something bad happens. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm not sure if I'd call all of the Black Panthers a militia because they probably couldn't be considered that, but they had done a lot of good for people, even though that they... I'll just say that they were a militia because they did do things that a militia would do. Yeah, they did a lot of good for people, helping pay for schooling and even food drives and everything. But you'd and only hear about it whenever they did bad or wrong. People would talk about it. Yeah, that's the example. Like they did their things for the community. Uh, wait, and back then, but people also they only remember them for being like uh, gun toning blacks who were technically ish communists. Because I think. Most of the high members were Maoists, I think. But like I said before, people got different ideologies when they're in the group. Yeah. And this mm -hmm. was the 1970s, and we just almost got dipped out of Vietnam. The last thing the U.S. government would want is a homegrown, any form of far left-wing group. Like, remember the Days of Rage? Yeah, yeah. Back when leftists were actually scary and not just kids on Twitter complaining. Yeah, I remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that weather underground shit is not to be toyed with. I agree. I mean, even the new movements now, they're not capable of doing much. It's because it's all done through online networks. There's no community that's actually formed. If you want to form a, a militia, it doesn't take much initiative. And when people who do really have it in them to form militias, they can just be fulfilled by just forming an online militia. Or they could look around and see, well, there's all these other militias. Why should I form mine? But or, it really does or, take leader. Or why should I go into militia where there's probably a honeypot? I could just lone wolf it. Uh-huh. They think that they can lone wolf it, but they lots of people don't understand how much the community matters. If you have people that work with you, it would be a huge benefit to whatever your cause is. If you do it all alone, you're not going to get far. And if you wait till the last minute, it's already too late. Yeah, yeah. Especially with the, let's just wait till things get more dangerous, then we start Joining militias or buying guns or packing our things and dipping. No, There's no doubt about that. I see people online all the time. They talk about, oh, if they make another gun law or they try and take my guns, then I'll just go at it and they'll just have to see how much I like to protect my rights. But As then you look in real life 
most of these people are not in any form of a militia. And when they do get their rights violated, they don't even acknowledge it. They and just keep them, on going about. And most of them don't even own guns anyway. Especially the ones that call for violence. Uh-huh. They don't own guns. They don't do anything. They just... It's pretty sad that they can just complain about it and say all these sorts of things, but they don't actually have the means. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't really have much of the means either. But the thing is, I do not say what these people would. Yeah. To be honest, my man, I think it's kind of pathetic. With most ideologies, both left-wing and right-wing, you say all this shit, like how we're going to eat the rich. We're going to overthrow the government. We're going to get our rights back. But here you are, tip-tapping on your, what, $100 or $200 computer, laptop, Android, iPhone, and complain and complain on the internet as this shit actually happens. Like, look at me. I'm complaining on the internet. You're complaining on the internet. We're both complaining on the internet. You know what we don't do? Anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. And and then have the goal to shit talk people on why no one is doing anything. Oh, yeah. I don't even try and do that stuff anymore. I don't say, why does nobody do anything? Because for me to say that, it would require me to be doing something in the first place. Yeah. Unless you actually do something. Like, unless you actually do something, then I got no pennies for that. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I, I just do my own thing. That's why I do this interview, because that's the way that I spread my message or anything that I believe without having to resort to violence. Frankly, I'm a pacifist. The only reason I was really in the militia was because it was a self-defense sort of thing. Yeah, when you're a, when you're a pacifist, you gotta remember, you're not peaceful. You're just harmless. You know what I mean? Right. You're harmless to anybody who isn't an immediate threat. Yeah, and it's kind of why I made this little podcast thing. I I uh, wanted to like spread the words of other people's ideologies and personal thoughts and stuff. I also been thinking of doing cartoons or anime related things. If uh, if anyone's been interested in that, I mean, my whole channel's name Ice House is from the igloo thing from the Boogaloo movement. You ever heard of him? Yeah, the Boogaloo they, boys. Yeah, and I personally understand why they get a lot of hate from both the left and the right. We're a very, very extremely decentralized um, organization that anyone with a whole different ideology can just claim we're them or they're us. Know what I mean? Like for like, you know, you know, the, I, mean, I heard people everywhere from far right libertarians and even Black Lives Matter people joining it. It's not very centralized in political beliefs, and uh, very disliked by the uppers. Like boogaloo's are all right, or no boogaloo's are zogbots, or you get what I mean, yeah. right? Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, start from a meme on K and 4chan, and even over there, it's still hated. Yeah, there's something I like about the Boogaloo Boys, though. It's that they really have their own thing going on, and they know what they want, and at least in a pretty fair amount. In my group, you can see that there is some overlap between quadrants, if you will. Uh, such as the Boogaloo Boys, you can see overlap between left and right, libertarian, that is. With mine, it was more right-wing libertarian and right-wing authoritarian. Yeah. not have any leftist in there at all. It, it's might, all right. it might even be an offense. Yeah, it's all right unity until uh, until alt-right realizes libride doesn't want to pay for military complexes. Or Libride realizes that Osprite might create another Patriot Act. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that a lot of the people, they could really use a good amount of 
cohesion in those militias because they just fall apart quickly. Most militias probably don't even make it out of the stage where they're getting popularized. And a good PR campaign as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mom did a pretty good job at PR. Well, yeah, I'd say they did a pretty good job at PR because when I searched them up, they were there. It wasn't hard. And also, they have their own YouTube channel, and they were also on a subreddit that I was in for a while as a role, if you were part of that group. Uh, speaking of subreddits, remember Weekend Done It? What is it? Remember Weekend Done It? You'll, ha- you'll have to tell me. Well, it was a pretty cool gun reddit, and then it got banned. I mean, it's been around for like I uh, don't actually remember how long that thing's been around, but I remember I was around there for everything, you know? With, uh, with yeah. Hawaiian shirts, the ponchos, the putting the gun to your um, to the floor and showing your trigger trigger discipline. Yeah. 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 There's other... Well, after that got banned, there was other ones. You should probably check out a couple. I can recommend you some. Yeah. Yeah, I'll send you check those out. Unfortunately, yeah, can... my Reddit area isn't so active anymore. Oh, because okay. I don't use it so much. They banned all my accounts. Oof. Oh, well, I know. I know, it's actually pretty funny. I have this thing called Temp Mail. I can make as many accounts as I want really quickly and easily. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, there's a lot of power that you get back when you can evade every single ban on anything. It's amazing. Like, uh, one time I made a Discord called uh, Bed Boy, and uh, it had, like, I think 40 or 30 people on there. They were from pretty much what was left of Gunnet Weekend after it got banned. And uh, it lasted for like I think two or three months. I didn't even it was I didn't even know it was banned until like a week or two later. And so did my account. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I'd use Reddit more because it has a lot of good qualities if there wasn't so much censorship. And I started anything really. Anything can be a great platform if it just disregards all the censorship. I started using other places. I've been to Fortune a couple of times. Strange place. I tried getting onto there, but it's too strange for me. I mean, as long as you're on the blue boards, you're good. But the orange ones, uh, I've seen some things I don't think I shouldn't have saw. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to get traumatized now. Yeah, and with the <laughs> internet, you can see anything in a flick second. And most social media don't even care. Like, a suicide video on YouTube that's been up for eight years? Oh, that's Gucci. But, oh, someone talking about, I don't know, um, uh, something historical that's an imagery of Nazism. Yeah, that has to go... They're really band hungry about a lot of things, and it's weird because they try and influence all these new policies, but it's not going to help anybody. Censorship doesn't help. I'll tell you that much. It usually backfires and gives the people that are actually problematic a, see, they censor us because they fear the truth or some shit like that. Exactly. It does backfire. I mean, even some people who uh, join those third positionist groups, the only reason that they join them is because they were so taboo, and then they find reasoning why to support them joining. Also aesthetic. Yeah, the aesthetic too. They have good PR, I guess. Well, not good PR, but good looks, good images. Yeah. I guess there's some people who think the third positionists are okay. I mean, I, for one, am... 
Well, I used to be an avaricionist. You know what avaricionist is, right? Yep, I know what avaricionism is. Yeah, I was one immoral, immoral ex cap and uh, kind of have no room to speak bad on other people's ideologies. Mm-hmm. What I really have with my little buddies, literally some Mad Max shit with some capitalism sprinkled in. Yeah, I get that. I've heard from avaricionists. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. I got my friend to look up avaricionism and he, he like got really into it. He wasn't like a real believer in it, but he thought it was just funny. Let's see. I said, you know, you can just do what you want because we had this Minecraft server going on and he was pretty maniacal. He would just go around and force me to pay taxes to him and steal my shit. And yeah, and try to sell it back to you, Woody. Yeah, he'd do terrible stuff. And I was just like, you know what you should do? You should just be an avaricionist. And then he's like, what's that? And then I tell him about it. And he's like, sounds great. <laughs> Everyone's got Minecraft server nowadays. Yeah, I made that Minecraft server because I wanted to have it for my new Micronation. But it never really took off too much with everybody else because nobody really had the Java edition or wanted to install the mod list. Let me see. Um, anyways, uh, so back to the topic of militias. Uh, um, yeah, community militias. Community militias? Yeah, like, a lot of militias are ideologically based or, uh, Will just exist for a short time and then it's gone. Like, there's no militias are formed like just for the community or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, there can be militias that are formed just for the community. I think, I think it's possible. It's kind of like uh, what do they call them? Nightman Watch, neighborhood, neighborhood Watch, I, neighborhood Watch. Mm-hmm. I'd call those community militias. Not sure how free they are and what they do and how they proceed with things, but they're not so vigilante-leaning as most militias are. I see. Like the... uh... Like, I always wondered what happens when shit really hits a fan and people just stop forming militias at the wazoo. Like, no coronation, no political no political centralization, none of that stuff, just straight up forming militias and fighting and junk. Like, do you think that's how American militias will go when, when, the, when stuff like that does happen? They'll just be fighting? Yeah, like... People are real quick to go straight to violence when their society's breaking down. Uh, there's a natural order that forms, and a lot of these militias would probably seek to get more benefit by uniting than just fighting. But I don't know. It could go any way, at least for the first initial bit, but there would be order that is found. We'd probably be more divided than the 13 colonies. Yeah. Almost like uh, micro-states. Or something like like uh, what's going on in Syria, right? I'm not too up on what Syria is doing. Pretty much a bunch of factions and factions within factions fighting over land. Yeah. Factions yeah, fighting the, over land. Like, that's the thing. When people uh, think of an ex American civil war or revolution or rebellion, everyone sees it differently. Like, some socialists will see it as, some people see it as, like, another civil war, like the last one. Entire states or regions just fighting. Uh, combat. Like, I would and, not say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, people say that, but I don't, and I don't think he would either. Yeah, the last Civil War was very different to what 
we could have now. Because yeah, like, there's hmm. been a big change with the information revolution. And weapons. Well, weaponry, information revolution. Everybody now is able to find the information on their own and make up their own political beliefs. And they're so isolated from their community. So it's not like people just going to a library and reading about political beliefs, like what people used to do. You are inundated with these political ideologies all the time, systematically forcing you to join one side or the other. So most people, they'll go right wing or left wing. And even counties are politically split almost 50-50. Whereas back in the Civil War, you did not have that sort of divide among states in themselves, not domestically. I mean, there was uh, there was the little short-lived uh, rebellion in the CSA Texas with Sam Houston with some Tejanos and German Catholics. And there was uh, the Jones Free State, which had its own movie, was more of defecting Confederate soldiers. Yeah, I've yeah. heard about the Jones Free State before. It was defecting Confederate soldiers, and they did their own way with a lot of things. Yeah. But the divide overall wasn't so big. Yeah. Within the states, at least. There were, people... The biggest example would probably be West Virginia and Virginia. But they had geographical splits. Yeah. And let's not forget that most people don't even know much about the own ideology they're fighting for. When people say they're left-wing, that's it. They're left-wing. They're not Maoists, they're not Tinkies, they're not Stalinists, Trotskyists, Social Democrats, or even Ancoms or anything like that. They're just left-wing. And you get the same thing with right-wingers, too. They don't know much about their ideological read, because like you said, they don't go to the library and read up on it. They just get told most of this shit in a watered-down way so it sounds good on the internet. Yeah, correct. They don't read theory, at least not in whole. Book reading has mostly died out because people can just be given whatever they want within a matter of minutes than a sit-down with a book. And they're also inundated by social media, and they're not connected to the community. And most are just given straw men of their opponents. Oh, yeah. Popular. It's really popular to just have people who teach the populace what to say to their opponents back and forth. And that doesn't even mean anything. They don't know what the arguments mean. To understand and be smart, you have to know what you actually mean by your argument and how it holds consistently. And know about who your opponent is. Your opponent in some caricature, what you think people of that certain um, quadrant is. He's probably like you. Being pet, being being fed parroting bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's popular to... Oh, sorry. It's popular to stereotype your enemies really a lot. Especially now, because I see this more and more because my ideological beliefs, they're, they can be all around the place and Sometimes I feel this way on this and this way on that. For example, I'm a social conservative, but I'd still call myself a technological transhumanist. But if people want to categorize me, they can call me whatever they want based on what they care more about. If they hear I'm a transhumanist and they're a conservative, they might just call me some sort of degenerate or even a commie or something, you know, because they don't understand the entire view. Yeah, I see myself as either an agorist accelerationist or some kind of a lib-right-ish thing. But to most of my political, to the political left and right, I'm just some neat ideology made up by some loner who read up on Nick Land for like, what, half a book? And the Eternist premiere and just smash two ideologies together. And also, that's another thing. People are smashing up ideologies that makes no sense for even that 
that um, part of the ideology. Like, you ever heard of trans -dracicists? Yeah, I think I have. That's an actual thing. It's getting weird. It is getting weird. People... See, the issue is... I think I always think of George Washington, how he didn't want political parties whenever I'm talking about this. It's because once we have once we label political ideologies and eliminate the room for nuance, there's no longer any idea of what everybody believes. You can't examine it. It's just you're in this group. This is what you believe. And I'm going to socially reject you for it because they don't understand the difference between each individual. Yeah, there's like entire sub ideologies of ideologies. Like, yeah, I got talked down because of the idea I just told you. Like, being a solutionist, a gorist, those are practices, not actual ideologies. Know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I get what you mean. I mean, if I wanted to explain my ideology, with the words that they use to explain ideologies now, it would take a good amount of time with one breath to just explain all of the aspects of my, my ideology. That's why I don't even do it whenever they just ask me in the middle of a sentence or if they just want to characterize me. I can tell when they want to do that. They want to characterize me, so they ask me my ideology. And they're not going to get the full thing. I already know that they won't. Yeah, and then he calls someone uh, ideology that's not even close, but despised of. Like people are like most people aren't aware that liberal and leftists aren't the same thing, or even close. Like leftists hate liberals more than people further right, and people like to call the current conservatives Nazis, despite the fact the the Nazis see conservatives as watered down, degenerate, friendly. Um, you know, Zionist puppets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They want to merge all these groups. I mean, I'll be fair. Even when right-wing people call communists socialists, they are alike in many ways, but they're not the same thing. And that's why it happens. People just don't even care about the nuance. If you really want to care about ideology, you have to break it down into its aspects, not its whole. And know the specifics as well. If you want to fight an opposing ideology, you got to know which one you're tangling with. Yeah, you're right. You should probably even, if you do really want to stereotype people or stereotype groups, you should figure out what the whole of the group looks like at least what they believe in from person to person and, you know, and what amounts. You should know that there's chances for oddities. Yeah. I wonder where those stereotypes came from in the first place. Huh. Like, Easily people... Created. Yeah, like, you know how the whole Jews and money stereotype? Mm -hmm. It came from the Catholic Church because they didn't allow Christians to touch money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at that turned out. They allowed all of the Jewish people to do the financial efforts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they got mad at them for it. Yeah, especially when the finances aren't so good. Yeah. And then they'll, but then they'll take the... The others will take the... Um, Hooray, you saved the day when the finances are doing good. But the finances are bad. Those damn Jews. Get what I mean? Uh-huh. I absolutely get what you mean. They try and blame the Jewish population for all sorts of things. Yeah. You know, it's not to say that they're saints, but you can't blame all the world's problems on the Jewish population. Or any population for that matter. Especially any population at all. Especially if they're a small, tiny demographic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those small tiny Democrats are usually weirdly in power. Like for example, America has a small Catholic population. You know what I mean? Yeah. The population of Catholics in the US isn't too big. 
Yeah, but you find a lot of them weirdly in uh, American government. A lot of Catholics in the American government. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if there have been any... I'm not sure if there have been too many Catholic presidents. There's John F. Kennedy. And then there's Biden. So far, too. Yeah. And technically his brother. So, two and a half? Uh, I don't know. Because they wouldn't be a president. Oh, right. I forgot. His brother was a secretary. Yeah. So, it, just two Catholics I can think of, really. There might be yeah, a lot more right. in the government, but they can't get presidential office because that's the one election everybody cares about. Yeah, but that's like two presidents. How many congressmen and... I think I I and I think three of our Supreme Courts are Catholic, like Kavanaugh and what's her name? Uh, um, Kavanaugh and it's a woman, right? Yeah, it's a woman, but I can't remember her name. Something I can't either. Either. And I can't remember who the third one is. What's it? Um. Uh, I think it's just those two or maybe three more. But, uh, yeah, a lot of uh, Catholics in the American government. Just not a lot, though, to make an imprint. Still Christian to the to everybody else. Yeah. I don't think that there will ever be... I don't imagine that there will ever be a non-Christian in the presidential office. At least not in our lifetime. Probably, probably not in my lifetime if America can even survive for that long. Like, what are you going to do when America does somehow collapse? I'm going to make my own thing. That's why I got into the micronationalist movement. Uh, the only reason I got into micronationalism is because the secessionist movements that are very serious in the world they're not much better when you really take a look at them. There's not going to be all this ideas of governmental change. Uh, they don't really have much of a forward purpose. They don't really consider what the government would even be like if they actually seceded. But with micronationalism, it has much of a more near and dear place in my heart. And I can actually think over things and philosophize before I actually put things in action. Yeah, a lot of secession movements worldwide nowadays. Catalonia, Tigria, I think it was called that one in Ethiopia, the Kurdistan, uh, Palestine. Couple, um, is it really a secession state if it already exists? Mm, it's kind of a secessionist movement, even though they already exist. I, I don't know what to call it. They like semi exist. Yeah. And even they a couple of them, even a couple of successes were in the state. I got wind of this Texas uh, uh, Republic thing in a new independent New England going on on the Reddits. I'm kind of active on both. But it seems most of the people, but like you said, uh, most of the people that have different ideologies. Most of the people up in the New England uh, Reddit seems to be a bit left-wing, although uh, most people um, who ever um, you know, celebrate uh, independently or traditionally libertarian rights, especially the New Hampshire decisions movement, while Texas is, I guess I can describe as just right-wing center, Yeah, Texas is interesting. I thought that they'd be very right-wing and traditionalist and all sorts of, you know, maybe even libertarian. I went there, and uh, I wouldn't say that they're traditionalist. They're more of a more, uh, mm, what do they call it, uh, populist. They're populist right-wing. Yeah, they're they just whatever. To whatever they hear. Yeah, whatever sounds cooler than they like it. Yeah, they're with the popular right-wing movements. 
Yeah, but if uh, things ever go down when I'm still around, I might, I don't know, shit, I probably should have gone a gun by now way earlier, but uh, I'll probably get as much as I can and survive, I guess. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll get a boat and float it down the Mississippi River. Yeah, maybe we can head down to New Orleans. If there's even more New Orleans left by then. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta be... I like the idea of it. Some aspect, yeah. you know. I don't really consider all the terrible parts about it. And if one does ever happen, I suggest masking up. By masking up, I mean like wearing some kind of costume mask. That way, if you do end up killing someone... No one can recognize you. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't be much in killing, but, you know, I would do a lot of self-defense and people might get mad. Yeah, I understand you, too. Kind of like how they had those old days disputes, like, uh, between clans, like, uh, the Hatfields and the McCoys. Yeah. They'd protect themselves, but since they know who did it, they'd still kill them anyways. Yeah. Yeah, just petty anger. <laughs> Tammy, uh, family feuds. I heard it was really common to have family feuds in the Appalachian area. Yeah, there were a lot of family feuds throughout the Appalachian area. The Hatfields and the McCoys are probably the most popular example. Yeah. Some, uh, Appalachia maybe... has its own sort of history. I would have been part of an Appalachian secessionist movement if our borders wouldn't look so stupid. And rigged, too. Like, all those mountain ranges, hard to chart. Oh, yeah. It looks kind of silly whenever we put our borders on a map. Yeah, those are some We'd border disputes. we be cutting disputes. through everything. Yeah, those are some border disputes waiting to happen. Uh-huh. So, um, uh, anything else you got to say about certain militias or anything? Hmm. I'd say, as probably as closing remarks, if you're part of a militia, hold the ideological structure together. Teach people what you believe in, first and foremost. And also, make sure that you give influence to any of the people which are underneath of you. So that they understand what to do and that you do not collapse. Also, be careful of feds. Yes, be careful of feds and, you know, follow good moral laws. Even if you aren't the biggest of law keepers. That's it? Yep, that's it. All right, my lads. This has been Ice House and our guest, Patrick, um, last name? Adams. Patrick Adams. And thank you for tuning in. And remember, stay frosty.